Thanks for joining us for today's message. We're always so encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all around the world through what He's doing right here at Meadowbrook. So if that's you and you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please send us an email at godstories at nbcocala.org. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so by giving online. Thanks so much for joining us and prepare your heart to hear from God. You know, it's my awesome privilege to be here again in front of you. I never take it lightly. And I want to say thank you to Pastor Tim, the staff, and the executive team for allowing me to come and address you. You know, as, as Lee said, uh, uh, his dad, Pastor Tim, is on sabbatical. And that means to cease to stay away from that which is repetition. It doesn't mean he leaves the presence of God. It doesn't mean he's not praying for us. He just needs to get away from some of us sometime. <laughs> don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I want to say to you, we're real busy here. But we need to keep calm because it's summer, right? There's a lot of great things happening, and I want to show you a quick, quick video right now of something that, that they wanted, uh, somebody wanted to share with us. It's not Pastor Tim. Hey, everyone. My name is Dawn Westgate, and I'm the Executive Director at Kimberly Center for Child Protection. And I'm Jenny Martinez, Development Director. We wanted to take a moment to come out and say thank you to all of you at Meadowbrook for your support of the work that we do at Kimberly's. At Kimberly's, we serve children after there's been an allegation of child abuse or neglect. Through your support, we're able to help over 1,200 children annually, providing vital, specialized services to a better road to hope and healing. So thank you all for your support of Kimberly's, which is able to directly impact the children in our community who are at most need of love and support during very difficult times. Again, thank you for making the difference by being the difference. Amen. That's awesome. I hope you caught that. It said 1,200 children a year. A couple of months, a couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about what we've been doing over at College Park Elementary, and I read to you and I showed you the plaque. That's what your support and your prayer does. We're also, we're doing this with Kimberly's College Cottage, but also I wanted to bring this to your attention. It's already in your uh, welcome home and our welcome home, but it's the fill the bus. Fill the bus is, believe it or not, you know, we're already done with June. We're in July, and then school's going to start again. Can the parents say amen? I'm not just kidding. But on, Ju- on August the 2nd, we're going to be doing a massive uh, school supply drive, and it's going to go to help a variety of, of children, College Park Elementary School, but also some people here in our congregation. So on August the 2nd, we're going to do a school supply drive. We're going to be handing out a slip, not tonight, but we're going to be handing out a slip to you so you can bring some stuff in. But during that day, we're also going to need help. We're going to need help because we're going to pack 800, everyone say 800, 800 800 backpacks in the gym the very same day. So if you are interested in helping us and being a part of what's going on in the community, you can go out and register today or uh, on Sunday. So please, please come out. Pero también este viernes, mi querida familia, I'm talking to my Spanish family, we we get together uh, every other month. And we have a Spanish ministry dinner that we call Cena de Celebración, Dinner of Celebration. We have music in Spanish, and we have a lot of food. And everyone said, a lot of food. Lot yes, of food. amen. It's godly when there's a lot of arroz con gandules and habichuelas and tamales and tacos. And we got it's some good stuff. Some good stuff. Watch. You don't have to be Hispanic to come. You can come. We can come. <laughs> 
All right? Just make sure you bring a plate of food with you. All right? So I'd like to invite you to come. It's this Friday at 7 p.m. in room 202. And this is our, we, we, we like to do it right for the kingdom of God. And like I said, we also have a lot of things going on. We have small groups. C20 is going on that same Friday night. We got Champlain Summer Camp coming up, the Spanish ministry dinner. And you know what? It's all right. That's what the ministry is all about. But if you're not careful, your soul can become overwhelmed. But it's okay. It's summer. You can just keep calm. And why do I keep repeating that? It's because it's very, very true. And it's what's happening today in the world. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that are happening with the economic crisis in Greece, ISIL, war in Iraq, the Supreme Court decisions, elections, uh, all kinds of immigration reform, and, and Christians being killed all over the world. See, but let's take that and put it here at home. What about your bills? What about your family? What about your mortgage? What about your job? What about that wayward kid? And if you're not careful, your soul can become overwhelmed. But like I said... Stay calm. Why? But it's really about Jesus. The only reason we can do what we do here at Meadowbrook is because of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. The only reason we can reach all these different communities is because of Jesus. But you and yourself and your own life, you need contact with Jesus Christ. We've had Bernard Scott, Pastor Lee Gilligan, Pastor Sean, Pastor Ed Funderburg, and Sunday is going to be Pastor Scott Williams and me here tonight. We've talked about being in the presence of God. We've talked about Paul's journey that life isn't always smooth sailing, being authentic, taking off the mask. Faith and hope is a choice. That's what we heard about Sunday by Pastor Ed Funderburg. The reason I say that because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for in your life? Because if you're just coming to church and existing, being in church is only part of it. But having faith towards something is where the power comes from. So if we're going to have our soul anchored, if we're going to be in possession of what God wants us to have, guess what? We're going to need some faith. We're going to need some endurance. And we're going to need to be in the presence of God. We have to realize that everything isn't going to be smooth sailing. We have to realize that we have to be authentic and take off the mask. And we're going to need some faith and some hope. Last week on Wednesday night, Pastor Lee Gilligan, tremendous testimonies. We had a testimony night last week, an habitation. And we talked about that testimonies inspire us to believe when we see somebody else that's been in the same situation as we have been or are in, and they've came through. So if God did it for one, guess what? God can also do it for you. That's the kind of God we serve. Uh, You know, God doesn't have favorites, but I believe I'm his favorite. You know, I'm kind of biased that way. But I want to tell you today, That a testimony is good and it's powerful, but I believe being a witness is even better. Because we can lose our testimony by being a bad witness. And when our soul isn't in order, how many of you know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? And we can be trying to minister to somebody and lead somebody to Jesus and be a good witness. Then all of a sudden, we are out there in left field for some reason. Now, I'm not saying we need to be perfect. But if we're the same type of Christian emotionally as when we first came to Christ, we need some growing up to do. And I'm talking to myself. You know, I need some growing up to do in in different areas. You don't believe me? You can ask my wife. She'll tell you. She's sitting right over there. She will. 
In being a good witness, we need to be happy, stable, fruitful, and to be able to be a blessing, right? We need to possess our souls or our soul will possess us. We need to be in control of some things. Now, there's a fruit of the Spirit called self-control. Self-control. I'm not trying to control myself. The Holy Spirit is helping me control myself. But if you keep having the same problem over and over, and if you keep reacting the same way over and over, it ain't the Holy Spirit's fault. Uh, Maybe I'll talk to this side. It ain't the Holy Spirit's fault. (laughs) Come on, look straight ahead. Don't look at your neighbor. Look straight ahead. There's a portion of Scripture in Luke 21, 19, and it says this. It says, by your patience, possessing or possesses your soul. By your patience, possess your soul. This word patience means being confident, assured, attentive, and able to endure. Here's a little example. I have a little dog, right? His name is Isaac, a good Jewish name, praise God. He's a dachshund, right? And I take a treat, and I put it in my pocket, and he's following me, right? He's following me. And I turn around, and he sits down. But he's not calm. He's like, he's looking at me and his tail's going and he's looking at me and he's, and I walk around and I walk and he follows me. He is attentive. He's paying attention, right? And he's enduring the weight that I have. He's waiting, not the weight. I know I'm kind of chubby, but talking about the weight, the weight of waiting. And sometimes we don't wait and we lose our mind. We need to wait, not just like, hey, chill out, right? But wait on the Lord. Be patient. Endure, right? Because my little doggy eventually, guess what? He gets a treat. And guess what? He doesn't know, but I got a second thing for him. And God works that way because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly and above all we could ask or think. Watch this. According to the power that works within you. There is power in you and in me. But guess what? Is it working for you? Because to the level that it's working in you is the level that God's going to bless you. Now, this is grown-up Christian teaching today. Because I want the best. I want the best for my life and my family. And I want the best for you too. But the context of this scripture that I just mentioned to you is the second part. is possess. This word possess means having and keeping what one owns. And it's an example like this. When you go someplace to buy something and you buy it and you got a receipt, you put the receipt away and then someone says, did you pay for that? And someone says, I didn't see you pay for that. You got proof of ownership, right? And no matter what happens, you know that you've paid for it. And if they want to take it, fine. You can go to the manager and say, hey, I got the receipt. I got this product. It belongs to me. That's the same context of possessing your soul. Your soul belongs to God, but he's given you and me the responsibility to maintain it. Can somebody just say amen? Amen. I'm not mad at you guys. I'm not mad at you. Trust me. If I point at you, I got three other fingers pointing back at me. So I'm not pointing at you. I'm bringing this stuff out. The context of Luke 21, it talks about this. Jesus said there will be wars and famines against nations. These things must come to pass. These things must come to pass. 
So the things that I mentioned earlier with the Supreme Court, the Greek crisis, of economic crisis going on, the things that are happening with the euro against the dollar, these things that are happening in China, these things must come. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. But it also says this, that you and I must maintain or possess our soul or things will get out of hand in here, in here, and eventually, watch, out of here. And that's what I want to possess. I don't want to lose my mind, if you will, and lose a witness that I have in Jesus Christ. Think about today. Did you lose your mind today? I was talking with somebody earlier, and I said, Pastor, what are you going to preach on? And I said, oh, you know, this and that and the other. And she goes, I needed to repent. <laughs> That's what she said. Because she says she lost her mind driving. But anyway... And it goes on to say this. I'm going to show you the scripture again in Luke 21, 19. It says, by your patience, possess your souls. Attentive energy. Attentive. Be attentive. Possess. Lay hold of it. Because if you don't possess your soul, guess what? It will possess you. Here's a story between Mary and Martha that you know in Luke 10, 39 uh, and 40. It talks about that Mary was at the feet of Jesus and Mary, excuse me, Martha was in the kitchen, and Martha lost her mind. You know the story. It says that she was distracted. The word distracted in the, in the Greek it says mentally confused and anxious to becoming angry. She lost her mind. And then it says, if you read it in the Greek, he, she said that she went to Jesus and said, it's nothing about you, Jesus, but tell, tell Mary to come help me. She lost her mind. Now, it's emphatic and angry. So she didn't say, Jesus, can you please tell Mary? She said, Jesus, you better. She lost her mind. Here's another thing about two brothers. And we know the story about the prodigal son. It says that a man had two sons and he gave to both of them all of his livelihood. One stayed at home and one went away and lived in prodigal living. You know that. You know that story, right? And it says this in Luke 15. 17 through 19, it says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to sp and spare, and I will perish with hun hunger? I will arise and go to my father's house, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your sons. Here's the thing. He came to himself. He became aware of the condition of his soul and the condition of where he was. But not only that, he made a choice. He said, I will arise. And some of you need to stop being sick and tired and being sick and tired of being so angry. You need to, you need to get fed up with it. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I used to be one of those. I used to be a happy Christian on Sunday and a miserable one on Monday. Not since I've been married, praise the Lord. I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. He came to himself. When you come, when you enter a state of awareness, you must also choose and take an action. The Bible also says that he's, his father saw him coming a long way off, and he got a robe, and he got sandals, and he put a ring on him, and he killed the fatted calf. They had a big old barbecue. Praise the Lord. I love big barbecues. And he came, and he kissed him, and put it on him, and it says this in verse 
1528 about the brother and he says but he was angry and would not go in therefore his father came out and pleaded with him there was the older brother it says that he came close to the house and he heard music and dancing you know what used to get me upset when people used to be so blessed more than me it's the same thing there his son his brother came he didn't even call him his brother his father came out and he said this son of yours and the scripture says that he was angry. This word angry is, is, is quoted in this in the Greek, that he had deep-seated wrath. So when he talked to his daddy, he didn't say, you know, your son. He said, you know what? Your son, come on, have you ever felt like that? Now, you may not have said it, but you sure enough did feel it. Now, part of it is keeping your mouth closed. The other part is making sure that you don't lose your mind. And it says, and he was deeply seated with wrath that he would not even come close. Here's one last story about two brothers, Cain and Abel, and we're going to read some, quite a bit of scripture here. In Genesis 4, 1 through 8, it says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore a son, Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore another, Abel. Now Abel was the keeper of the sheep, and Cain was the worker of the ground. And in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock, and there were fat portions. Praise the Lord for fat portions. <laughs> and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. How many of you know I like food? Praise God. I'm working on it. Praise the Lord. It says, in the course of time that Cain brought to the Lord an offering of fruit and grain. Now, a lot of times we read this and it says, we, we think, well, God didn't accept it because it was grain. But if you look forward in time to the book of, of Exodus and Leviticus, there are grain offerings that the children of Israel brought to the Lord. So it wasn't about the grain. You got me? Now, the better, in the book of Hebrews, it even says that God had more respect for Abel's offering than Cain. So it hasn't to do with the offering, it has to do with the attitude. Because here, we're going to continue to read in verse 5, and it says, But for Cain and his offering, God had no regard, or the true, in the Hebrew it says little regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, watch, sin is crouching at the door its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. You and I must rule over the anger. Now, here's what happens. God brings correction to Cain's life. I don't like it when people bring correction in my life. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Sometime, when I first got married, my wife would tell me, what you should do is this, what you should do is that, yes, dear, no problem. By about the sixth month, my level of anger started. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there was even a time where I would be in the office and I would come home. I hadn't seen my wife. We'd talk on the phone. Hello, how are you? Okay, bring milk, whatever. No problem. And I haven't seen her for most of the day. I walk into the house. She says, how was your day? Anger from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head. And I haven't seen her the whole day. It had nothing to do with her. 
It had everything to do with the condition of my heart, just like the condition of Cain's heart. Where's your heart at today? Where's your heart at today? It says right here, it says that Cain went on to kill his own brother that had done nothing to him. When I got home, my wife hadn't done anything to me. Nothing. But there are some people that have done some things to you that have hurt you, that have betrayed you, spoken bad about you, maybe even taken advantage of you financially and sexually. But how long are you going to carry that anger when God says, I can take that from you? Because that anger will rule over you. It'll possess you. It has nothing to do whether you love God or not. But it has a lot to do with what are you willing to do? What actions are you willing to take? Sometimes we come, you come home and your kids want to play with you, but you're spent and you're angry for no reason. It's amazing that we can keep our mouth quiet at our job, but when we get home, all this trash comes out. Because we want to keep them happy so we can keep our job. But the things that we should love and value the most, we're stepping all over. Are you guys with me? Yeah. I'm not trying to condemn you or make you feel bad. I'm trying to bring a reality to you. Because in these last days, the Bible talks about there will be wars and famines and rumors of war. And all this pestilence and the governments and this and that and the other. But it says that you must possess your soul or it will possess you. I was driving the other day. Can I tell on myself a little bit? I was driving the other day, and in fact, it was, uh, what's today, Wednesday, in fact, it was Saturday. I was coming around the corner and just picking up some salt and different things, and, and I was in my lane. I had the light. Everything was cool, and there was a truck up ahead, and this car just decided to pull over into the lane. Now, I beeped at it, and it moved a little bit, but watch, it kept coming. It went over and kept coming. And I had to drift over, but this time I just didn't beep. I rode the horn. Come on, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Right? And all these thoughts and all these emotions and all these words started popping into my head. And then at, the, at that moment, I heard the word monster. The name of this sermon is called Possessing Your Soul. But I wanted to call it killing the monster within. But I wouldn't go over too well in church, so I had to go there to come here. All right? You don't possess it, that monster in you, the fallen nature, the one that we have victory over, will start to creep back in on you to try to dominate your life. But there is help. Say, help. We've talked about that in Pastor Bernard Scott talking about being in the presence of God. Being in the presence of God makes you aware of where your soul is. Because when I worship him and I honor him and I bless him and then I say, God, speak to me, he does. And at that moment, I have to choose, am I going to obey or not? Being in the presence of God, Pastor Bernard was talking about, refreshes you. And then... Pastor Lee talked about that life isn't always smooth sailing. And when things come your way and they, they don't work out your way, what's inside of you is going to come up out of you. Here's the key. Don't take everything so personal. Look at me, guys. Don't take it so personal. 
If you take it so personal, you're going to be touchy. You know what that is? You remember your daughter, when your brother or sister, I am not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm touching you. You're so close to me. Ah! That's how we were. I don't know about you. I see some parents laughing over there. When you take it too personal, you're going to have a short fuse. Somebody keeps laughing over there. Oh, my. It's not about you. It's about being a witness for Christ. We have to be authentic in church. Oh, praise the Lord God Jesus. And I've seen some of you go out in the parking lot, put your kids in the back, and, and all of a sudden, you're like, ah, the windows are, ah, and I look at you, roll down the window. Oh, praise God, Pastor. <laughs> you got to be authentic. Be real. Pastor Sean talked about taking off the mask. Taking it off. Who is the real you? When you squeeze oranges, you get orange juice. When you squeeze grape, you get grape juice. But when you squeeze a Christian, be careful because you never know what you're going to (laughs) get. Faith and hope should come out of your mouth. Hope that God is with you and for you. We also... (laughs) We heard Pastor Ed Funderburg talking about faith and hope is a choice. Pastor Tim says, I'm either up or I'm getting up. I choose to get up. In the book of Micah, it says, do not rejoice over me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. And in my darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I don't know about you, but that's good news. That's good news. And those things help you to possess your soul. Here's the scripture, Hebrews 6, 19, out of the Amplified. It says, now we have this hope. Everyone say hope. And sure and steadfast anchor of what? Soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under whatever steps out upon it. And a hope that reaches further and enters into the very certainty of the presence of God. Folks, this anchor, I was in the Navy. An anchor does two things. If it's close to shore and the, and the chain is long enough, it'll hick, hook up into the rocks or the bottom. And it'll just stay close, depending on the current. But if it's out in deep water, the water is like a mile and a half deep. You don't have a chain that long, but the weight of the chain and the the weight of the anchor within the current, it keeps it stable, but the ship kind of moves around. So what am I saying? Your life may go to the edge, may go starting to drift, but if you have the anchor of Jesus Christ, it says we have a certainty of hope that our soul cannot slip. But we need to acknowledge the certainty of who we are in Christ Jesus. Spend time in his presence. Apply the direction and the correction that he gives us. And then when things come and these pressures come to squeeze on you, guess what? Hope will come out of your mouth. Not cursing. Joy will come out of your mouth, right? Not the horn. Not that. My brothers and sisters, we know that in Isaiah 26.3, it says this, that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind or soul is stayed on him because he trusts you. In Philippians 4, 6, 7, 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart, guard your mind, through the anchor 
which is Jesus Christ. It doesn't say anchor, it says Jesus Christ. Here's a scripture as we finish up. Psalms 94, 12 and 13. Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied. It sounds like happy, happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. Is the man whom you discipline and instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law. That you may give him power to what? Keep himself calm. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the calm because it's summer. Keep himself calm in the days of adversity until the inevitable pit of the corruption is dug for the wicked. Listen to it in the message. How blessed the man you train, God, the woman you instruct in your word, providing a circle of quiet, where? Within the clamor of evil while a jail is being built for the wicked. I don't know about you, but I like that circle of calm. I love it. I love it when I come, in my, come into the, my house and my wife says, how are you, hon? And I don't have this anger anymore and I can say I'm doing great. Or I say, you know what? People drove me crazy today. That means you guys. Okay? I'm just having fun with you guys. You ever had a bad day at work? Believe it or not, sometimes a bad day tries to creep into my life. But I don't have to cooperate with it. So I like it coming in and having calm in my house. My little dog follow me around. And then I, I know, my wife knows that I have to go in the back room and, and chill out for about 15, 20 minutes. Take off my, you know, put on some shorts and just scratch my breath, grab my guitar or something. But I know when I come out, I'm husband. And sometimes, guys, and this is for you, sometimes you think that your day is over when you come home from work. It don't. If you're giving 110% at work, you have nothing to give your wife and kids when you get home. And I don't mean this arrogantly or flippantly. I give about 70 to 80% here at work. You know why? Because i got to go home. My first ministry is my personal spiritual progress. Secondly is my wife. Right? And then you guys. And if I keep those things in order, it'll be well with my soul. You've heard that song, it is well with my soul. So in recapping here as we finish, we have to remember that in the day of calamity, when all this economic crisis is going on and ISIL and terrorism, the war in Iraq, Supreme Court decisions, whether to raise a flag or lower a flag or get rid of a flag, immigration, elections, Christians, whether it's your bills, whatever is going on in your life, the Bible says do not be anxious for anything. And you may be here today, you can say, Pastor, it's easy for you to say because you're a pastor and you got all this help and this and that and the other. Listen, if you're not graced to be in ministry, don't start. Don't start. But if you know that you're called, God will grace you. But watch, but you still have to cooperate with his direction. Because if not, there's no life, there's no freshness. And for you in your home, if you're called to be a, a mother, a father, if you're called to be a businessman or to work in an environment that may not be as friendly as you think, if you change your perspective and possess your soul, Amen. you can be a light in the midst of that darkness. God will give you grace. God will give you power. God will give you his spirit to make a difference in the lives of others. Folks. 
I don't know about you, but it is well with my soul. In comparison, the Bible says these present tribulations are but a small thing in comparison to the glory of God that shall be revealed that is coming. We're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of heaven. And because we're citizens of heaven, I am eternally minded. And it helps me deal with a lot of the garbage that goes on in the earth today. So you've got to change your perspective. You need to possess your soul, and God will help you. You guys with me tonight? Did you receive something tonight? Thank you so much.